Good morning everyone, you're listening to Indie Live Radio and this is a Friday daytime show. This is Marlene Halliday and I'm here with my colleague and good friend Val Gold. And with us for one of this morning's interviews is Geraldine Clayton of Divest Strathclyde. So we'll say a little bit more um, about that in a minute, but just for a bit of background... You're probably well aware that in November this year, Glasgow's going to be hosting the United Nations Climate Conference, um, usually referred to as COP26, because it's the 26th of these conferences that have happened. All of these COP meetings have been very important over the years, but unfortunately they haven't been very successful in transforming intentions, good intentions, into action. And now we find ourselves at COP26 with even less time to turn around the ongoing increase in carbon emissions that's driving climate warming, climate change all over the planet. One of the main drivers of climate change are the fossil fuel companies. And a recent report called the Carbon Majors Report found that more than half of global industrial emissions since 1988 can be traced to just 25 corporate and state-owned entities. And 1988 is significant because that was the year that the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change was established. Among the highest emitting investor-owned companies since 1988 are ExxonMobil, Shell, BP, Chevron. And the report shows that if fossil fuels continue to be extracted at the same rate over the next 28 years as they were between 1988 and 2017, then global average temperatures would be on course to rise by four degrees by the end of the century. That would have catastrophic consequences, including substantial species extinction and global food chain risks. The current target of the COP meeting is to try and restrict the overall average rise to 1.5 degrees, and even that's looking hard target to achieve. So, with that bit of background information, um, it gets us back to COP26 later on in the year here in Glasgow and to Geraldine, our guest this morning from Divest Strathclyde. She'll be telling us more about the group, but just a little bit of background information. Um, Seven years ago, a group of Glasgow University students um, achieved something rather uh, remarkable. They pushed the university to begin divesting from fossil fuels. And that was the first such campaign win in Europe. Divesting from fossil fuels means that the university, whether it's a pension fund or uh, financial investments, they would transfer any investments in fossil fuel companies into other areas. So after that um, success, that group of students wanted to bring the campaign to the city as a whole, not just the university. And they founded the Strathclyde Pension Divestment Campaign. And the aim of the group is to persuade the trustees of the pension fund to transfer their investments out of any areas that involve fossil fuel companies or fossil fuel related companies and instead to invest in environmentally friendly sectors. The pension fund was set up back when we still had Strathclyde Regional Council. Of course, that doesn't exist any longer. It's now the responsibility of Glasgow City Council. And they set up a committee of councillors 
Those councillors' responsibility is to make sure that the fund is run uh, efficiently, it produces the income they need to be able to pay their members' pensions, <clears throat> and they're also responsible for running it in an environmentally, a socially, uh, ethically sound fashion. So, Geraldine, that was a bit of a longer introduction than we usually do for our guests, but I thought it was worthwhile just, just giving a bit of the bigger planetary context and also the context that you're active in in Divest Strathclyde. So, do, do you want to tell us a bit about how you get involved with the group and um, then we can move on to um, what your current focus is? I've lived in, in Glasgow for 40 years, but um about six years ago uh, uh i did move back from england where i was involved in a fracking campaign in the village very near where i live in Link uh, came from in lincolnshire originally and um it was a terrible fight and uh, i mean we did everything we took the company through uh, the courts we lost them a lot of money and a lot of time but they just kept coming back because of the unfairness of the planning regulations basically Anyway, so when I came up here, I thought, what is the best thing that I can do? And then I thought, well, follow the money, um, you know, as far as all um, these these types of um, activities are concerned, uh, because I'd seen the way that a lot of companies, you know, um, operate. And I thought, um, you know, there's something wrong here. Anyway, so that's how I got involved. Now. I'm not quite sure how long Strathclyde's been going. It started off as Frack Free Glasgow, and then it morphed into uh, Divest Strathclyde, more to do with specifically the pension fund. So, uh, I, so it, it did all this before I moved up. I've been involved in it for about maybe three years, uh, about two and a half years now since, since I moved uh, back up uh, to Scotland. Um, I am a pension fund member, and I'm a retired me member of the pension fund. Um, and what we are fighting uh, for is the fact, what, the fact that um, the investment, the investments from the pension fund, are really uh, an absolute stalwart of of the uh, of the industry. You know, they, they keep them going. Up to now, the uh, it's been great for the pension funds. They've been a steady and secure investment but that shows signs that it's not going to be uh, the case anymore um the glasgow uh, strathclyde pension funds invests through in through direct and through indirect um i.e pooled um investments uh, a total of around about five uh 509 million pounds in fossil fuels wow. um and some of these companies are uh, are the worst performing companies in in terms of climate change and environmental damage. Um, the council voted in April for full divestment by uh, 2029, um, complete divestment, and the process they wanted to start uh, by the time of COP. And this was voted through by 69 votes to four. But the pension fund committee has the final say on this. And they are saying that uh, they want to decide on the criteria that this will be done on 
Um, and so it seems that, uh, that to us that, you know, there's no clarity mm. about what divestment actually means, although the council has uh, by a very clear majority voted for it. So at the moment, this is our big campaign right. that we are uh, um, fighting to, you know, to say, look, divestment means divestment. Yes, in, in, indeed. So to just to just to uh, just to ask a question about that. So the pension fund dates back to when we had Strathclyde Regional Council. That's when it all got, was set up. The regional council no longer exists, of course. So, yeah. am, am I right in thinking that the responsibility for running that pension fund now rests with Glasgow City Council? So, it's the city council who voted, sounds like pretty overwhelmingly, um, mm -hmm. to divest it. Um, so, so the council has voted against it, but but the committee that runs it, are, are the committee, do they run as sort of like trustees of the fund? You know, are, are they, do they have a, a, a an inbuilt responsibility to make the fund successful or as, as successful as they can? Yes, they are in charge of, of it from a financial point of view. Um, and they're very much uh, into what they call their fiduciary duty yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> which they um, and I can understand their point yes. of view up till now um, the, the dividends from the uh, oil and gas companies and the coal companies the fossil fuel companies have been very good and the investments have been um, you know have been very safe and secure but this is changing now um, for a start, none of the companies, uh, fossil fuel companies, are aligning to the Paris Agreement targets. Um, their core business model is oil and oil and gas, um, and they have to do a lot of greenwashing to convince us um, that you know that, that they change. But we've seen a lot of evidence that really they don't intend to change their core business uh, business model yeah and how what sort of that that 500 <coughs> excuse me 500 million so half a billion pounds invested in directly mm. or indirectly in fossil fuel companies you you've been telling us Geraldine that um overall the Strathclyde pension fund um contains about 24 billion pounds worth of investments uh, so that 500 million half a billion that's about what's that that's about 2% or so so it's important you know to get that into context it is just 2% of the pension fund's investments on the other hand it is 2%, it's half a billion pounds invested in fossil fuel companies, and it would certainly be good to get that transferred out of that kind of investment for all sorts of reasons. As you say, uh, Geraldine, move somewhere that's um, better for the environment, but actually, from the point of view of financial responsibility, actually better for the fund as well, because those assets, oil and gas, are becoming... Um, uh, down what, what's the value they're, they're, they're being downrated as an as a value of an of asset so it's not like it is actually a safe um uh, investment these days uh, yes um in in the short term um oil prices do rise and fall as we know but um there are growing calls for cuts in carbon carbon emissions um the time of peak oil is just about over 
There's going to be rising insurance costs. Mm -hmm. Drilling is becoming more difficult. For instance, they're having to go into the Arctic um, where, uh, for instance, an oil spill in the Arctic would be very, very, even much more serious than it would have been or, or than it was in the uh, deep water horizon in, in the Gulf of Mexico yes. because um, at the low temperatures, oil solidifies much, uh, much quicker and it's much, much more difficult to, yeah. to cope with it. So there are growing international legal challenges, but I believe there's around 220 uh, legal challenges across the world <coughs> on environmental and human rights uh, grounds. And of course, uh, renewables are becoming cheaper. Um, so the companies have all these this um, to contend with. Can I ask you a question, Geraldine? I note, it's quite interesting. I noticed that the Strathclyde Pension Fund is the second largest pension fund in the whole of the UK. Uh, oh. I remember, because Strathclyde Region used to be, I think it used to be the biggest education yeah. authority in Europe. Um, and that was one of the reasons that Margaret Thatcher wanted it disbanded. <laughs> I think she famously referred to it as monstrosities like Strathclyde. Anyway. <laughs> What I was going to ask you was, it's interesting, actually, that from that great big region, which now, you know, which split into lots and lots of smaller authorities, that that whole pension fund is now managed by Glasgow City Councillors, not mm. anyone from any other uh, councils. But um, what I was is going to ask you, yeah. Know. Well, I just looked at the committee there while oh. we were talking, and it's all the, the, the membership of the committee. It's like eight people, five SNP councillors, one Labour, one Green, and one Conservative, um, unless I'm misreading it. Anyway, what I was going to ask you was, how... What what are the nature of your campaigning activities? You know, <coughs> lobbying. Do do you mainly campaign uh, towards that com committee? And in, in, in which case, what sort of cooperation and support do you get? Or do you also lobby, you know, central government with the climate um, change targets being a big priority for the Scottish government? What, do you have you got a kind of multi-layered approach or do you focus on one uh, body that's my question really um you know do you love the um, central government or do you mainly concentrate on the pension fund people um diverse strathclyde mainly on the uh, strathclyde pension fund but we have strong links with other groups like uh groups that are campaigning um across britain really especially say uh, um in you know in edinburgh and the university pension funds um and other pension funds and also a lot of us have developed <clears throat> wider links with other groups you know that are um this is quite separate and on, on an individual basis but other groups that are um uh, uh, campaigning on transport issues or waste incineration plastics you know the the production of plastics is very much um and single-use plastics you know ineos and uh, and the uh, mosmora and all these issues are very very much linked to the whole oil and gas industry so <clears throat> although we are uh, we really do talk very much about the strathclyde pension fund we do campaign on a wider basis as well 
Well, and that just that just makes sense because, as you say, all these things are very much interlinked. I mean, Europe coming in at the end, it's to do with you know the capital where the money um, is uh, uh, comes from. So, what 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 do you feel? What do you feel? What were you left feeling yourself when you heard? Well, Glasgow City Council overwhelmingly saying divest the fund, and then <clears> the trustees saying. Well, what they said, they, 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 fair enough, they've got the, they have actually got the legal responsibility, actually, if they're trustees. So fair enough that they, they want to make sure it's done properly. But it sounds, I mean, do you think they're sort of hedging a bit? Um, do you think, were you disappointed in their response? Well, to be honest, I was a bit confused um, <clears throat> because... Uh, you'd have thought it was a done deal, you know, the, the, the council, obviously, uh, and the councillors represent the uh, people of Glasgow. So it, that's a, the, the most important thing, and obviously such a, a, a big majority. Um, it's very difficult to understand because they're talking about minimum standards uh, without saying what these minimum standards that they're looking for, the criteria that, that they will invest on or not invest, um, is it could well be well I, I don't know is it a way to um, is it a form of engagement um, before they've always said well if we engage with the fossil fuel companies then it's a good way to make them ch to change their ways yeah. but yeah. of course that never happened is it kind of the same thing this you know minimum standards or, or I, I don't know it's made more difficult by the fact they just had their AGM today on Wednesday and uh, although I'm a pension fund member, um, we are not invited. Um, we're not given any notes about the AGM, the agenda. We don't really know what's going on. And this isn't the first year, as, as long as I've been a, um, living up here as a, a, a retired pension fund member, um, we've, we've never been invited to the, um, I've never been invited mm. to, the, to the meetings. So it seems a bit of a democratic deficit as well. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of things that I find quite confusing, actually, as a member and a member who is um, interested, you know, in it. In it, it's not always. It's a bit opaque sometimes the way yes. it works. Yes. Maybe Val and I should see if we could contact some of the actual uh, trustee council members actually and uh, get their side of what what the what they're doing. I mean, the thing that struck me was that. I mean, it's it's years ago now, but I I went to a meeting of diverse Strathclyde. Um, yeah, it must be four, five, six years ago, and I ended up writing to my local councillors about the, the divestment. Um, two of them did respond back. One was quite open to the idea. Um, the other one sounded like he wasn't. He gave me a lot of reading material, um, which was all about how difficult it would be. So maybe, you know, even back then, it, it could well have been dif more difficult to know how to go about divesting a big fund like that. But um, but now there are so many, uh, you know, pension funds, university funds that have started divesting that there must be some good examples of good practice about how to do it. It's not like it's out of the blue and they're being asked to do something no one knows how to do people have been doing it isn't it so it does seem that they could go and you know 
go to a, a, another fund, say, how are you doing this? Um, and then start thinking how to apply it to their own investments. Absolutely. Um, and, and the pension fund, to be fair, does invest quite a lot in uh, the green economy as well. Um, yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not all, all one way. We just need to nudge them, uh, you know, to, in, in that direction, really. So uh, should we should we move on and t here's Glasgow Council looking after a fund that's got half a billion quid invested in fossil fuels. Can you tell us, have the group got any plans to take advantage of COP26 uh, being in Glasgow this November, the UN climate, uh, climate conference? Uh, do you think that might be a way of putting a wee bit of pressure on the Glasgow uh, Pension Fund trustees? Well, we have a meeting every month, sometimes two weeks, every two weeks, and we um, make we make the decisions about you know what we're going to do going forward. Um, COP obviously has been a fantastic, um, fantastic opportunity in a way because it's been delayed. Um, it's been even better because it means that you know, we've had more time to campaign and, and they've had more time to get their act together. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the COP26 is just now, it's the it's in the back, it's in the background, isn't it? So, I, I mean, presumably the Glasgow City councillors are, must be well aware of that. And hopefully that's going to, you know, give it, give it, um, the voices that want to make changes have a bit more kind of edge to it. Well, obviously, the, the world is watching and Glasgow knows that, that the world is watching. So, um, yes, uh, you know, we are a small campaign. It's it's it, and, and we give our time freely, you know, and write and, 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 and campaign. So there's only a limited amount of, of things that we can do. But we really want people to, um, well, to, to look at our website, to look us up. And we have got an open letter that we want people to uh, to sign for us. So by looking up uh, Divest Strathclyde, you can have a look at the open letter and that's going to be sent to the committee. So that's a very important thing that we're uh, concentrating on. And um, just keep at it, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so today we had a, an action in front of the city halls to emphasize the fact that, you know, the AGM was going ahead yeah, and to try and yeah publicize it try and really make people aware all the time um that this is a big issue and it's a very important issue what the pension funds are doing and it's going to make a big big difference yes indeed i mean it's interesting isn't it it's like those of us who are involved in campaigning some some of us um i can think of friends of mine and they, they what they really like is being out on the street Yes. whether it's on a stall or holding a placard, engaging complete strangers in conversations. And I, I can do that, but it pushes up against my comfort zone to do it. And then others of us, more like me, are, you know, are really, really at home with on, online meetings and, and, and making contact in that. So I, I noticed I was having a wee look through the, the website and the blog, and I noticed that you've already um, been in taking part in something that was called, what was it again? Oh, yes, COP26 Coalition's Global Gathering. On your website, what it says is mm -hmm. that um, 
Divest Strathclyde held a session or were part of a session in this global GOP22 coalition, which yes. looked at how Scottish pension funds investment are financing mm. climate breakdown. And then yes. the climate breakdown has impacts on indigenous communities, for example, in, in Latin America. And then part of that session, you had some people from those communities that's you know, right. speaking back and 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 saying how how their communities and their uh, their their nations are being affected by the kind of investments that um are are, are being made by the Strathclyde Pension Fund, and that struck me as being a really powerful connection to make for people because it can sound a bit abstract, you know, Strathclyde Pension Fund and investment and yes. fiduciary responsibility, but it's a it's not so aspect it's not so abstract when it's someone sitting there telling you how that's affecting their themselves and their communities but then of course the committee on climate change which is the government's own appointed body um on uh, these sorts of issues um issued a report i think it's this very week saying the uk is shockingly shockingly unprepared for dealing with the effects of climate change mm. Um, we're already seeing it. I mean, are we this side or that side of the Gulf Stream? Um, the, the freak, you know, the, the more and more extreme weather events we're seeing, um, either very wet or very dry. Um, we're seeing, we're beginning to see these things here. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I we, we can't be, uh, and, and the way it's affecting nature and, and the wildlife, uh, as well and also you know the pollution um it's all affecting us a it lot is, more than in, we indeed and it's a, it's it's a bit ironic isn't it because here's the three of us sitting in uh in the country that's got massive renewable resources in scotland yes. i mean you know a high high proportion of european renewable sources are all in either in scottish waters or Scottish uh, landmass. So it is ironic that we're in this situation still. Yes, that that's such a good point. Um, we are the envy of Europe for our natural resources, and um, and the Scottish government is is you know doing a lot. But I think there's a lot more that that, that could be done. Also, of course, energy efficiency. Um, we that's kind of fallen off the radar a bit, but that's just as important. Yeah. So yeah. We've got we've got a lot going for us, and Scotland's got a lot going for it, you know, with this green future, and of course jobs. The a green transition um, is would be fantastic for uh, for jobs as well. Given the right policies, um, three times as many jobs would be created in the green economy for every job currently uh, held in the oil and gas sector. Mm. So it makes sense on every on every level. Yeah. Can I ask you, Geraldine, um, are there any other areas that you think are areas of concern? For example, I know that some pension funds um, invest in companies that manufacture arms and so on. Yes. Um, is that something that, that, that Strathclyde have now disassociated themselves from? Or are there any other areas that you're aware of? I'm not sure. The arms industry is the obvious one. And Trident replacement um, yeah. So, Luke, it, we and just want to thank you. We just 
want to thank you very much for coming on to talk to us. Really appreciate that you've done that. And uh, especially as Val and I know you've been suffering from a wee bit of uh, a cold of late. Um, so thanks very much for coming on, uh, Geraldine. And uh, yeah, we, we just want to wish you well with that campaign because it's a really, really valuable campaign to take forward. Thank you again.